Now, in my experience, growth usually comes from a source of pain or discomfort, which pushes you to try something new or interrupt an old behavior simply because you come to realize that the pain of remaining the same, of remaining who you are and where you are, is far greater than the discomfort it's going to take for you to change and try something new. My intention for this show is to inspire growth within you. So if you want to familiarize yourself with the journey many have taken to drastically change their lives, this is the place to be. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Grow With Moin podcast. Today we have Laura DeVito. She is a personal trainer and a facial stretch therapist, and she is the owner of a beautiful clinic called Movement Therapy. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How are you doing today? Good, good. Can't complain. <laughs> All right. I wanted to join Laura's training program at the Oakville Soccer Club for strength and uh, conditioning, but that got canceled. So I looked her up and I found her at her clinic and I ended up asking her some questions about entrepreneurship. So uh, Laura, let's dive right into this. Um, you are a clinic owner now, but where did you start on your journey to finally owning your own, uh, your own center? Yeah. Um, so I started, um, as you said, I'm a personal trainer and a fascia stretch therapist. So I started my journey in kind of this world at Good Life. Um, so out of university looking for, you know, a job that I can turn into a career kind of stumbled upon good life because I was going there to work out and anyways that's a long story but um ended up kind of working there and realizing that it was obviously a big passion of mine so I kind of dove in with two feet there so I worked at good life for I want to say six or seven years Mm -hmm. um a little bit nervous to leave because it was comfortable it was things were going well it was coming easy all that kind of stuff and when I met my husband who owns the clinic with me now um, I guess I told him when we first started dating that I was eventually going to leave Good Life and go privately. So fast forward a couple of years, he kind of called me out and said, I thought you said you were going to leave Good Life and go privately. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's a little scary out there, but um, I was still confident I was going to do it. I just maybe needed a little extra reminder or push. So that was kind of the, a big transition for me to leave, you know, a box gym that had a good reputation, a nice revolving door of patients and clients coming in. Um, and so I left and worked at a, a private gym in Oakville and just ran my personal training and, and all that out of there. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, I learned a lot about myself in that year. I would say you kind of go through your ups and downs and your roller coaster of self doubt and did I do the right thing and all that kind of stuff. And I always used to tell people that the universe always tried to remind me whenever I started doubting myself, you know, you lose a client and you think, oh my gosh is this like going to snowball into losing all my clients? And then the next day someone would call and and inquire and you're like, okay, I got Mm -hmm. this kind of thing. Right. So, and uh, yeah, so I was working at that gym. Um, Yeah. So I just want to ask this question that why did you want to leave like a good secure job in the first place? What made you want to leave good life? Right. Um, So good life was a great place to grow um, Mm -hmm. as a trainer and kind of get that exposure. But I guess a number of different things, but for the most part, it kind of came down to me realizing that 
the reason why you would work for, you know, a box gym and, you know, at the end of the day, pay a pretty high percentage of what you're doing, you know, your hard earned money, um, mm -hmm. those things I didn't need anymore. So I realized that all my, my clients, um, were coming more from like my referrals and word of mouth. Um, and I was revolving less on, you know, good life kind of handing me people or, you know, just being amongst a place that has a ton of people coming in and out. And so I started thinking about, you know, if I could just take this privately, I could take a higher percentage cut and who knows, kind of grow from there. I, I had outgrown the kind of the model that good life had set out. Mm -hmm. Um, Another big thing for me was because I do fascial stretch therapy, there was not real, really a good space to do so. Mm -hmm. um, it was a large passion of mine and kind of took a turn in my career in terms of what type of trainer I was going to become. So it was important to me to have the proper space to stretch people and not just be in the middle of a gym with people walking by. It's just not the right environment for it. Mm -hmm. So kind of those two things were the, the things that were pushing me to say, you know, you got to spread your wings and, and fly at some I point. See. And then for, for those of us who do not know what fragile stretch therapy is, what is that exactly? Uh, great question. Um, so it is a form of assisted stretch. Um, so it's a, a manual therapy. The, the patient is essentially just laying on the bed, relaxing. Mm -hmm. um, and it uses kind of traction. So creating space in the joint to try to, create a, a greater range of motion, essentially more in the joints than it is in the muscles. So your fascia is a connective layer of tissue that covers you head to toe. Um, and in order to kind of see if we can get some, some active range of motion, the fascia on top needs to be gliding as it should instead of kind of stuck and sedentary in one spot. Um, so it is quite relaxing, similar to that of a massage in terms of you know, how the patient feels after. Um, mm -hmm. But it's been a great tool for me to, to use within my training. Uh, I see. And then so people would, would get that sort of treatment in order to increase like mobility and flexibility? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the way I kind of do it is I either, I would say 90% of my clients, depending on their goals, get some sort of fascial stretch therapy within their session. So whether that be at the beginning or the end, depending on, again, what their uh, individual needs are. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes at the beginning, if they're kind of chronically stiff, it's uh, an easier way for me to warm them up. And then they kind of do some dynamic work as well. Faster way to kind of get moving. And then the rest of them, it, it's mostly at the end. So kind of a relaxing finish to it. Um, and a lot of patients kind of explain that they feel better, a little less sore after. And, you know, while working on whatever goals, you know, increase strength and lose weight and all that kind of stuff, they're, they're also kind of saying this wasn't really a goal of mine initially but um i'm feeling a lot better you know joints less stiff um mm. i can do things that i wasn't able to do before and that kind of stuff so okay awesome well thank you for clarifying that now let's get back to your stories you you did what you possibly could do at good life fitness and then you decided to leave it yes and, uh, so so when you decided to leave good life did you have like a another thing already set up or you didn't know where you were going to um, So funny enough, actually, I um, was supposed to go work for uh, another fellow, like a coworker when I worked at Good Life. She had left and opened her own space um, and she was in the middle of renovations with her space, which is going to be a bit different, but we had kind of talked um, and I was going to train out of there. And about two weeks before, um, things kind of fell through. The, the gym wasn't going to be the size that um, 
she thought it was going to be where it was going to be. And it was, there was construction um, holdups and that kind of stuff. So last minute it was kind of, I had already chatted with another previous coworker of mine who had his own uh, kickboxing gym. Mm-hmm. And so it was more or less just finding a space. I had, I knew that a lot of my clients were going to follow me um, just from kind of saying to them, listen, I'm, I'm leaving good life. I'm staying within the industry. And a lot of them kind of voiced to me, like wherever you are, I'll be kind of thing. So I was confident that I, you know, had those people coming over with me. Um, it was just a matter of finding a space to do so. Mm, I see. And then, so in, in that sense, was there like no conflict with, with, with good life or anything that, um so I had heard a couple of other people who had left and at the end of the day in terms of like a conflict of uh of interest and that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. the way it works is I mean essentially if you're a client of mine and, and I'm working at a good life and I leave it, mm-hmm. it's your choice to do what you want to do kind of thing so right I just was very honest and open and said you know you're not you, you can't say where you're going you know here's my number call me this kind of stuff all your clients already have your number. So you just have to, um, what I made sure of is when I informed my clients, A, I gave them enough time, all that kind of stuff. And I just said, listen, I'm, I'm staying within the industry. I'm going to be leaving good life. And it's completely up to you what you choose to do kind of thing. Right. So mm-hmm. it's on them if they want to reach out to you after not while you're working at good life, all that kind of stuff. So, and it was, it was a seamless transition to be honest. Um, I'd heard a lot of other kind of bad stories where people were kind of soliciting and that kind of stuff. So it can get tricky because essentially right. they're trying to, uh, to keep those, those clients there, but at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want with their money. Right. So exactly. So it's their choice. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So now you're in this sort of transitional phase where, uh, the first gym that you thought you were going to work at didn't work out. And now you're at this, um, at this other gym with another friend. So <clears throat> yes. how long did you stay there? And like, what were your expectations like working there and how did it turn out or, you know, to what it actually was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was, um, surprised. So the gym, the way that gym ran was it was a kickboxing kind of boot camp gym. So they had their classes and outside of their class times, there was nobody there. So I'm a very social person, as you know. Um, <laughs> but what I didn't kind of anticipate is how nice it was to kind of, just have your the space to yourself um at good life there's always people around everywhere you go you have a break and you think you're going to get some work done you're not kind of thing um you try to work out and people are like oh hey how's it going which is awesome mm-hmm. it's just a little inefficient so um <laughs> it was kind of nice to have that privateness um my clients really enjoyed the more kind of one-on-one style and the more kind of boutique um so that was uh different in in terms of me kind of having breaks and not having anyone there I was like wow I'm getting a lot done here um so it, it was it was different I didn't kind of expect that um in terms of my expectations but you kind of always I don't know I guess that's saying the grass is green on the other side right. um there's always pros and cons right so mm-hmm whether that time alone is great and efficient or sometimes you're like kind of bored, like (laughs) I don't want to talk to someone else or whatever it is. Right. 
and then again, you, you kind of, when you have those moments of self-doubt, it's just kind of you, yourself and your mind kind of telling yourself that it's going to be okay kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I feel like that, that kind of stuff just makes you stronger uh, in the end anyway. So mm-hmm. um, I was there and I, I knew that that wasn't where I was going to stay forever. Okay. And it kind of worked out because as their kind of boot camps gl- grew, it was providing less space for me. Um, and me and the owner had a, had a good chat and I just said, listen, your business is growing. My business is growing. We don't want them to grow on top of each other. So, Mm. um, at this time, my husband had been working as a physio and had kind of started the, um, the trend of understanding what you like and what you don't like about working for someone else. So Mm. though all those decisions aren't yours, you know, the equipment you have, the way the place is run, it's, it's someone else. So there's little complaints here and there. So he'd kind of started the ball rolling in his head about potentially opening a place, him and I together. Mm. So once we kind of realized, uh, me and the gym owner, that like space-wise just wasn't going to work out going forward, I reached out to another Good Life um, person that I had worked, not directly with, but kind of um, overlapped at some point. And she had a really large gym that she ran it kind of similar she had a bunch of trainers and everyone just did their own thing within her space Mm -hmm. so when I approached her I said listen we're kind of in the works and eventually going to be opening our own thing I just don't know time frame and uh, all that kind of stuff so I was able to transition there um, which was good because again Steve and I didn't want to um ruin our professional relationship and personal relationship that we had and we felt as though if I had kind of stuck it out at his gym until we opened ours which was an unknown amount of time it it could have ended in some resentment which it didn't need to Mm. and then how long were you at uh, Steve's gym I was there I think for a year okay yeah and then after a year you sort of the both of your business started sort of started growing and then uh, you felt that it was yeah yeah I mean uh, Mike's a physio I'm a trainer we started kind of obviously you chat about what you do and and all that kind of stuff and we started realizing that um, at least the way Mike treats that there is kind of a gap between the two so Mm. the world of physio is very exercise based um, which is great however when patients come in with acute pain which is often what they come in with they wait until something's really hurting and then they say listen I need help it's Mike's job to kind of treat that acute pain so whether it's the inflammation uh, the pain itself the dysfunction whatever it is it's his job to kind of work on that so you know in that is kind of the rehab exercise part of it but there's not really time within a 45 minute to an hour long you know treatment time to do all of that you kind of end up half-assing some of it right so how do we bridge that gap? How do we, you know, incorporate it where you're not putting half of the effort into one and half of the effort into another? We want hundred percent into both. Um, so we started thinking about, you know, what it would look like if we opened our own place and kind of combined those two and what we'd want it to look like type of thing. Hmm. Okay. So that's kind of cool. So you, you guys were both, uh, so is it the same industry then I guess physiotherapy and then uh, what you do as well? Say that again. Is it the same same sort of industry then? The uh, what Mike, Mike um, does? And what no. Do? So what Mike does is considered paramedical. Uh-huh. Um, so, 
and I mean, I guess you could kind of lump the paramedicals together. So the osteos, the naturopaths, the physios, the chiros, mm -hmm. um, and then massage therapy, trainers, fascial stretch therapy is not considered paramedical. You can kind of divide it between who charges HST and who doesn't. So they're not allowed to charge HST and we're required to. Oh, kind of okay. So the paramedicals um, they, don't charge HST. Yeah, their colleges pr um, pr permit them from doing so. So they all have their own college that they're bound to on their rules and what they're allowed to do and that kind of stuff. Oh, Some stricter than others. And then, you know, insurance and benefits um, are all kind of on that side, whereas the other side, massage is kind of somewhere in the middle because often people have benefits for that. But um, mm. fascial touch therapy and personal training, there's no license number. So there's no um, health benefits that people have through work that they can use for that. So it's, it's paid out of pocket. Oh, I see. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so what, what was the point where you and uh, Michael basically actually sat there and like, okay, we're, we're going to do this now. What was that like decisive point? Hmm, that's a good question. Hmm. I feel like the last, uh, Mike just said to me the other day, I, I thought life was going to eventually slow down, but it looks like it's just speeding up. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can pinpoint a certain kind of, kind of time. I do remember, I was getting to the point um, at the gyms that I were at where I was starting to think about things that I would do differently mm. and, and not to say anything, you know, bad about the gyms I were at. Again, it's, it's personal preference, right? So you start thinking about that kind of stuff and, you know, the more one person's like, Oh, I, I wish I could do it this way. And I wish I could do it that way. Then you kind of just, it, it kind of snowballed there. So I, I remember kind of, Mike and I talked about, you know, we don't want to be looking for places to rent in the summertime. So let's, kind of wait until the summer's over and we'll start trying to look at spaces and, and, you know, see where that goes from there. Kind of think about how many rooms we'd want, how big the space would be. Um, and that kind of stuff. So we, we actually started seeing mutual clients when I was still at the, at the last gym. Mm -hmm. um, so Mike would do an assessment. Part of that assessment, he would say, I want you to do some kind of rehab exercises, but I'm going to send you to Laura to do so. So, mm -hmm. The way that works going through benefits is Mike, it, it's the, pa the patient belongs to Mike. He oversees the whole program. So he puts together the exercise program and then I demonstrate. So it's supervised by Michael. However, I'm carrying it out. So his license number is still on that receipt. And then, uh, yeah, you can go from there. So we already started doing that, which is tricky from two different locations because it just meant we needed to do a lot of communication. Right. So anytime we shared a patient, it was, okay, let's sit down. Let's go over this program together. Um, so it was inefficient because we had to do this at the end of our days because we weren't together in one place. Mm. Um, so the more we started to do that and see the benefit from the patient standpoint, the more we realized like, this is different from what a lot of people are, are doing, essentially. Mm, I see. So, so you guys uh, sort of figured out this uh, neat system between the two of you, and then you started seeing like great results within your clients. And then that sort of, I guess, pushed you a, a little bit even more in the direction that, okay, we can sort of do this together and let's, uh, let's get a place. Yeah. So like, so from the moment you decided that you actually want to place together, how long did it actually take you guys to set the whole thing up? Like how long did it take for movement therapy to sort of uh, 
become a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say we started looking for spaces. I want to say at the end of the summer. So maybe like August mm -hmm. of 2018. And okay. we opened the doors officially February 3rd, 2019. Wow. Okay. So a good couple of months there. Yeah. And everyone that we tell that to, they're like, why are you? Cause we, we, flipped the whole place inside so we did a full full gut uh and reno mm -hmm. um and everyone's like that's pretty fast so yeah from i think we we officially got the keys for the place in november tore down all the walls uh mike's dad was the contractor so we were here every weekend um oh, wow. putting in the work that uh to show our appreciation for that and uh mm -hmm. that was probably the craziest three months of my life so far i <laughs> uh, didn't really sleep much uh working full days and then going to the clinic after making decisions on decor and everything kind of thing so yeah well the place uh, looked great i think i mentioned it the first time i came in it was very neat very clean and um, lots of space to work out too so good yeah, job thank you appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome all right so um february 2019 so almost a full year now that you guys have been running right yeah yeah we're coming up to the anniversary nice how do you how yeah. do you guys feel uh we feel good we um Mike and I are, we're big on reflecting on mm -hmm. kind of, you know, the good, the bad, you know, how we can grow, how we can get better. Um, our mentality, uh, I always say this to my clients and they hate when I say this, but uh, if you're not getting any better, you're getting worse. Hmm. So we're always kind of reflecting on that in terms of, uh, of business as well. And we were just chatting um, yesterday. Mike showed me a couple of videos. He loves like motivational uh, videos. I think you and I were kind of speaking about it as well, but oh, yes. um, go, going into it, I, and I continue to say this to people and I, I feel like I've, I've had a bit of an epiphany about it, but I've always said, you know, we opened this place together because Mike and I are very different people. His weaknesses are my strengths and my strengths are his weaknesses, vice versa, all that kind of stuff. So I always came into it saying, you know, I'm not, I don't really have an entrepreneurial side to me. I wouldn't really be thinking of those entrepreneurial things. I'm more of a, a people person. Um, I love working with people and, and all that kind of stuff. But I realized that I put that kind of limitation on myself. Um, mm. So similar to that Will Smith video that you and I were discussing where he kind of <laughs> talks about like you have to believe in yourself. Like if you're not the one that's saying you can do it, no one else is going to, jump on your side and say, yeah, I think you can do it too. Um, mm. So he talks about kind of, you know, following your dreams and going on this pursuit is, is lonely and it's, it's scary, but you have to do it and you have to believe in yourself more than anyone else does because if you don't believe in it, no one else is going to kind of thing. So I started realizing that just because naturally I'm not kind of entrepreneurial and I don't think that way that if I keep telling myself that I don't, then I, I'm limiting myself to kind of diving into that side of it. Um, mm. So it's been an interesting kind of growth journey as well, just kind of believing in yourself, believing in each other and kind of what you've built type of thing. So we feel really good about it. Again, we're always trying to, to grow and, and be better. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild ride, but it's been a good one. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for, for, for sharing that little uh, insight about like uh, not limiting yourself and you say you say that but like from from what I heard during your story like you always seem to have that little uh, entrepreneur within you like the fact that you didn't like 
you know, some restrictions, working at other gyms, and you had a specific way of of doing things, and you were truly yeah. passionate about it, that you wanted to get your own place. That to me sounds like uh, you know an entrepreneur. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, to be honest, the the thing that's allowed me to maybe inch towards that kind of entrepreneurial mindset, it comes down to belief. Um, Mm -hmm. And kind of what I talked about in that year that I transitioned, I was, I tested my belief like on a weekly basis, Mm. you know, you, you you count your numbers, you count your revenue and your, all that kind of stuff. And you, you consistently wonder if you did the right thing. And then you think about kind of who you are as a person and, and, you know, are you the type of person that is kind of ambitious, like push comes to shove, something's not working. Are you going to sit there and blame the world that it didn't work? Or are you going to figure something out? You know, are you going to think outside of the box? Are you going to um, try different things that maybe are out of your comfort zone? Um, and, and again, I, I learned a lot of that through, through good life, which I, I give a lot of credit to in how they kind of, train people to to at least be a little bit entrepreneur I think a lot of trainers get into the industry thinking like I just want to train people and get them jacked but there is an entrepreneur side to it there is a sales side to it that I don't like looking at it like sales um and actually a a trainer that I used to work with told me something that I still think about and use um to this day he said you know, good life's often talking about sales and numbers and this and that. And I know that doesn't kind of like resonate with you, but think about it like your patient or your client, whoever's across from you uh, is your mom or your dad. What would you recommend to them? What would you push them to do? You would, you would be passionate about wanting them to move and wanting them to change their life. So why is it any different when it's a stranger that you just met? Mm. Um, And it's true, right? Like once, once you do that, you realize that everything you're doing has integrity because you truly want the best for that patient or that client. Mm, I think, uh, yeah, I think that, that's wonderful advice and uh, sort of uh, people who, who do come and work with you, they have that belief in you like, okay, she, uh, they actually want the best for us. So, and they can feel that right away. Right. Like even when I worked right. with you or Mike, I felt that right away that you're, you wanted me to get better or, or, you know, whatever my goals were, that was, uh, those were your goals as well. Yeah. And, and you'd want your, your client to, to realize that. And I think, you know, we have a lot of people asking us, like, do you think it's like, you know, should I not tell my, my client or my trainer or whatever? I, I went to someone else and it, things are really working. And Mike and I are like, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Like at the end of the day, if your goal is to be pain free, if it's to, you know, be able to wash your hair with your shoulder, whatever it is, Mm-hmm. you got to do what works for you and that's where our intentions are and however you get there that is still what our intentions are whether it's with or without us and nice. I think you just got to stay true to that I think when you start you know you open a business I've heard a lot of kind of clinics start with a nice you know they have their integrity they have their intentions and then I don't know greed possibly gets the best of them um I know I remember when we started when we opened our place, we had a couple of people ask us, like, oh, do you guys want multiple locations? And we were like, first of all, we just opened the door of our one, <laughs> but that's just not our mentality. We're not we're not looking to see how many movement therapies we can open in, you know, the GTA and that kind of stuff. Cause I I just feel 
personally for our model and our style that having multiple locations would dilute the service. It would dilute the intention and the integrity and all that kind of stuff. So um, Mm. we just want to have one good clinic with people that want to work here, that want to help people um, and are excited to come to work and all kind of work together collaboratively to help patients feel better, move better, live better, all that kind of stuff. Amazing. So uh, you sort of touched on this, uh, I think, a bit already. But so think about uh, back you when you were still at Good Life, but you wanted to move on. Think about mm-hmm. that version of Laura and the Laura you are now. What sort of advice would you would you give give to her or someone else in that position who's thinking about moving, but they're they're afraid or they don't know you know what to do next or um, yeah. they're uncertain. Yeah. Yeah, not to kind of repeat myself, but I would tell them, A, to first learn to believe in themselves, mm-hmm. um, B, to stay true to their to their integrity, because you'll get chewed up real fast without that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've seen it happen to people where, you know, you try to go into things and see, you know, how much money can I make or this or that, and um, it's kind of just a rat race that, uh, that doesn't ever end well, so... Um, learn to believe in yourself and and know that the road ahead could be lonely, could be scary. You're going to have moments and maybe more than moments, days, weeks, uh, possibly months of doubt. But I think it comes down to, to effort. And again, going back to a video that my husband showed me, um, Mm -hmm. funny enough, it was a guy who was trying to learn how to do a Rubik's cube blindfolded. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he talked about learning how to do a Rubik's cube and how he thought, you know, it, it was out of his realm. He wasn't that smart of a person. It's for smart people. There's all these algorithms, blah, blah, blah. But he was, he was willing to to put the effort in to not only learn it, but to learn how to do it um, blindfolded. And he said, it's, it's not about, you know, I can't do that. That guy can, you know, I'm not that smart, blah, blah, blah. It, it came down to effort. He was willing to put in the work it needed to accomplish the task he wanted. So if you believe in yourself, you're willing to work hard and put the effort in uh, and not make excuses for that. Um, and you have your integrity, you got nothing to lose, in my opinion. So um, life is short. You know what I mean? Just uh, mm-hmm. just believe and go for it. Yep. And then like you said, uh, with that uh, Rubik's Cube story, that there's always a, a learning curve, right? So especially if you're becoming an entrepreneur, don't think that you're going to stay the same and, uh, you know, become a business owner. You got you to gotta grow as well and learn new things and be willing to learn new things. Exactly. And be open-minded, right? Like mm-hmm. things are going to evolve and change and, you know, you might go into it and you and I kind of talked about this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I know I have, I have passion and I, and I care and I know what I like to do and this and that, but y- your ideas might change. They might, you know, shift from going into it thinking this is what your path is and then you know, something happens and you think, okay, actually it's kind of changing a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good with the change. You know what I mean? Um, I think being open-minded just allows you to be flexible and allows you to kind of authentically grow rather than follow a rigid path and, um, try not to veer off of it. Mm, Awesome. Thank you for sharing, um, your insight and your wisdom through your experiences. So now, um, uh, we've talked about movement therapy already, but let's talk about it a bit more. So, um, so if people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Where can they reach out? And also, where does the name movement therapy sort of come from? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, so I'll start with the name. So 
I mean, I got to give credit to my husband. I, uh, I always joke that like, thank God I thought of the name, but it, it was me. Um, so obviously, you know, a, a big part of who we are as people outside of our, our work and, and a large passion of ours is um, we believe that movement is medicine. Mike and I are huge skiers, uh, big golfers, we love hiking, we love traveling. Um, and so when we were thinking about kind of how we can combine what he does, what I do, what other kind of practitioners are encouraging, the word movement was kind of the big um, thing that kept coming up. And so we we're kind of thinking of, of names. And I remember we we came up with a name that had another word other than movement therapy, I think wellness or something. And mm. We told the the girl that was doing our logo. And then the next morning, Mike woke up and he's like, I think we should just kick out the name wellness and just go with movement therapy. And we were surprised to hear that it wasn't taken uh, when we did our name search. But it, it is essentially at the core what we do. We're, we're teaching people and encouraging people to move more to move better and and therefore live better. There's nothing more kind of satisfying than hearing people talk about, you know, how they didn't realize what they were capable of or they thought it was too late and and their quality of life has increased um, and improved. So uh, that for us is huge and that's kind of where where we came up with that name. Yeah, so we're located in Burlington. Uh, Mike likes to say that we're we're central Burlington, ten minutes from anywhere. So we're uh, walkers in Mainway. <laughs> and in terms of contacting, so we have um, our website is movementtherapy.ca, and we have an online booking system that you can access through our website. So finding on there, if you find a, a link that says book online, you can kind of find what our services are: physio, naturopathy, osteo. Um, personal training, fascial stretch therapy. We do yoga, massage therapy, and boot camps as well. So you can kind of find all those um, disciplines and book in for any of those. So the online system is pretty pretty easy to use. Um, yeah, or I mean, I guess email addresses are on there as well. But uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think I covered all the areas there. <laughs> yeah, you did. And then uh, your Instagram, you have an Instagram account as well, right? Yes. It is, let me just make sure I'm saying it right. Mm-hmm. So it's movementtherapy.ca. Okay, that's the Instagram handle? It has yes, the .ca. Yeah. Okay, awesome. .ca, yeah. And it's a, a little guy sprinting with some uh, two different color blues that uh, <laughs> provide a yin-yang kind of effect there, <laughs> oh, nice. which ties into what Mike does with uh, acupuncture. Mm-hmm. He also kind of created the the design as well, which... We've had a couple of people we always like to ask, how did you hear about us? Or mm-hmm. and a couple of people are like, I I really like your name and I really like your logo. And we were like, we didn't think that would be bringing people in, but that's great to hear. <laughs> <laughs> if it speaks to them, then they're uh, they're happy to come. <laughs> yeah, and I think what I what I love about the the business is that you guys have a whole range of services there. Like so you you have your own training. There's like uh, I think you have a, a nature path there. There's, path, um, yeah. mm-hmm. there's yoga there's um you know a whole bunch of other stuff so you can see the one-stop shop for like basically yeah. you can spend a whole day there <laughs> yeah. we have had people do that they're like you're still here but that's kind of the idea right we wanted right. it to be kind of that one-stop shop because a lot of the things really are intertwined right i think mm-hmm. mike and i always discuss you know certain things pop up during people's assessments that kind of trigger you to think okay that would be kind of um something that our naturopath could could work on or um 
you know, this goes hand in hand with some good soft tissue work from our massage therapist and just different ways of treating, right? Osteos mm-hmm. treat quite differently from, uh, from physios. So, um, again, eh, you're not going to have one person that's going to be able to, to cure all ailments. Sometimes it just different, um, conditions take different hands. So, uh, or, mm-hmm. or modalities. So, um, yeah, the more people you have kind of thinking about one issue, the hope is the, the faster and the better that they can uh, get on that road to recovery. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Laura, so much for being on the show and uh, sharing your journey really from being a personal trainer to finally owning your own clinic. I'm sure your story will inspire tons of other people to sort of start their own path and uh, pursue their own passions. So thank you. Awesome. No problem. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this edition of the Grow With Moon podcast. Thank you for all the likes, the subscriptions, the comments. I really do appreciate it. For those of you who want to take it a step further, I am developing a more intimate community on Patreon. Now, Patreon.com is a page where you can support some of your shows financially and get amazing perks in return. For example, if you come on to patreon.com forward slash grow with Moin and support my show, you can get access to some bonus content, some behind the scenes content. You can be part of discussions and polls on what topics to bring on future episodes, what guests to bring on future episodes, and even have the opportunity to be on the show yourself. So once again, if you're interested in this, head on over to patreon.com forward slash grow with Moin. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this edition of the Grow With Moin podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to my show so that you don't miss a future episode. Feel free to leave a rating, a comment. If you want to follow me on social media, my Instagram is the Grow With Moin podcast. Once again, thank you and enjoy the rest of your day.